Let me just ask a man on the street kind of question. I'm the man, you're the woman on the street. Uh, Shirley went on the youth trip and I asked her spontaneously, so how was it? So how was it? Spontaneously, it was incredible. You know, I went just going to serve. I didn't really have expectations um, other than just expecting God. We talked about that before we went, you know, that we would expect whatever God had for the youth and for the people that we served. And um, I knew he would be awesome because he always is. But I didn't expect to receive what I received. Um, I expected to serve. These kids, they're special. And um, set apart and favored. We are so favored by God and this church and the leadership of Matt George and Catherine. Um, is like I've never seen, really. I've really never seen a whole group of kids, a whole group of people follow Jesus and, and want and long to love each other and to love others like these kids do. And they did it so well. Um, the ministry, we served at Metropolitan Ministries in Tampa, Florida, and the first three days were just that. It was serving. It was dirty. It was stinky. You know, it was kitchen work and nasty sausages <laughs> um, in mass quantities, nasty sausages. But um, um, it was really, it's an amazing ministry that we got to be a part of. It's a well-oiled machine, one of the most incredible um, organizations I've ever worked with. And um, they're amazing, and um, I'm looking forward to hopefully going again another year, but... Really, the thing that impacted me the most was the kids of Merle Grove. Yeah, thank you, Shirley. <clears throat> well, you obviously couldn't um, ask anybody to spontaneously share. <clears throat> thank you, Shirley, for your willingness to do that. Well, so how was it, was the question to Shirley. And if someone were to ask you the question of life at Myrtle Grove, and if they were to say, well, how was it? Uh, what would be your response? Now, that's a rhetorical question. I'm not going to bring the mic to anyone to answer that, but it does sort of get at what I think the Lord wants me to share uh, this morning, because uh, in our lives, our lives are, in fact, a series of new things or kingdom valuable things and old things, um, well, not so much kingdom valued. And it's that text that I would like to read beginning in uh, Matthew chapter 13, if you would take your Bible and turn there to Matthew chapter 13. And I'll just um, 
read verse 52 and then share a few thoughts about it as the Lord has been asking me, well, Steve, how was it? Or how is it, you might say? So Jesus has been talking to his disciples and the crowds about the kingdom of heaven. We'll revisit that in just a few moments. But in verse 52, he said this, and I read from the New King James, then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasures things new and old. And so, Lord, today we offer to you our lives, for you see it all, the new, the old, the good, the bad, the effective, the ineffective, the efficient, the waste of time. You see it all, God, and we simply ask today, Holy Spirit, that you would enable us to evaluate our lives according to your word and the standards that are kingdom standards in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, have you ever been to a yard sale? Are any of you yard sale people? Don't be afraid. Don't be, you know, some people aren't, some people aren't. Some people just love going to yard sales. Um, and uh, what a yard sale is, is a householder. That's the word we've been reading about here in Matthew 13, 52. Every person who is instructed concerning the kingdom of God is like, that's a simile, it's like a person who's a householder that brings out of his household, out of his treasure, uh, both things new and things old. Uh, well, a yard sale is a householder that puts his treasures on display for those to come by and, and purchase. Now, have you ever been to a flea market? A, little, a few more hands. Now, a flea market, as you know, is a whole bunch of householders that come together and use the principle of synergy to attract a whole lot of uh, people to come and look at their wares. Householders, usually, who bring out of their treasures their, their stuff. Well, you may know the, the yard sale principle. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, yeah, you see, you've been to yard sales. You understand what I'm, I'm talking about. Well, the, the converse of that is also true. One man's treasure is another man's trash or junk. And it's uncanny that that principle is, in fact, true uh, in all of our lives. So um, Jesus then said, uh, every scribe who is instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like one of these guys or gals who out of their household accumulation of stuff, anybody got stuff they've accumulated? Way too much. 
you, 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 you reach this point in life, I turned 66 today. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Come on, everybody say it. Happy birthday. Okay, I couldn't stand it. My wife came across that bit of information last night, and she said, tomorrow's your birthday. And she immediately picked up her phone, and I thought, she's going to text Jim Glasgow and tell him and try to get him to do something weird like say to every, all of you, it's my birthday, and embarrass me. So I just thought I'd embarrass myself in case she did that. I don't think she did, because I rebuked her solidly. <laughs> well, you get this at this point in your life where you need to do something that's related to yard sale or flea market, and it's the D word, downsize. We had a big house. We never deserved a big house. We just had a big house. My wife built it. She was the general contractor on it. She's a nurse by profession, and she took some time off, and she said, I'd like to build a house, and I said, well, go for it. So we did. She built this house, and... Houses are like containers, and like the principle, the, the, the principle of gas. You know, gas expands to the size of the container you put it in. Well, stuff expands like that. If you got a big container, you'll fill that big container. If you got a small container, you'll fill that small container. Now, Jesus talked about somebody in the New Testament that said, you know, my container's not big enough. I'm just going to build a bigger container. So I'm going to build a barn, and I'm going to fill it up with more stuff. That is a, a yard sale person. That's a person who's a flea market person. Uh, my... Um, My brother's wife, who is my sister-in-law, had a father that filled up his house so that he could only walk in certain little corridors. Not just in the basement and not just in the, the attic, but in his bedroom, in his kitchen, in his dining room, in his living room. And on the day he died, he could do nothing but go in about six different little directions because his stuff had accumulated to the ceiling. I have no idea why I'm telling you that. Other than to say, he was a householder who never brought his treasure, uh, both new and old, out for sale. Now, um, if, if we sort of hold that thought that every scribe, now Jesus is talking about those who are spiritual uh, men and women, those, every scribe who is instructed concerning another realm. What's the other realm? The kingdom of heaven. Every scribe who is instructed concerning another realm all of a sudden becomes a little less possessive about the stuff of this realm. 
Hello? So you, we might pause here and say, now what was Jesus, um, what did Jesus value? We're talking about two realms. We're talking about what we accumulate in life, how we spend our time in life, what's important to us in life. And Jesus said to his disciples, every scribe instructed in the kingdom brings out of his household good and bad, or specifically here, new and, and old. And uh, what Jesus had just been teaching his disciples, you can look along with me if you want to, verse 44 of Matthew chapter 13. I shared it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven. Every scribe who is instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like. So Jesus then says in verse 44, he's been talking to these same people, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure found in a field, which the man then who found it hid it again in the field, and for joy over it, he went and he sold everything he had in order to buy the treasure. Now, the treasure is, is those people whom Jesus gave everything for. There are people who interpret this, though, the, the, the treasure is, is God. No, he is our treasure, to be sure, but we have nothing to do with selling anything to get him. This is about God who gave everything in the person of Jesus in order to purchase you out of your sin and out of your death and out of your debt and to pay the debt that you could never repay. You're the treasure. Hello? Now, now, that's what Jesus has been talking about, and we, he shifts gears, and he said, look at verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, and when he discovered or found that one pearl that was of immense price, he went and he sold everything he had in order to purchase it. Brothers and sisters, if you're here today and have not made the amazing discovery that there is a God in heaven who has given everything through his son to purchase your sorry hide out of hell. You like that colloquialism? To, to purchase you out of your darkness, to bring you out of your deadness into life, you're in for the greatest discovery yet to come. The greatest adventure in life is to come to the realization by the illumination of the Spirit of God, where your heart begins to all of a sudden understand for the very first time that God would have given everything he had and he did through the person of Jesus to purchase you. If you've not come to that place yet, you are still lost and in your sin. You will die and be in a place you don't want to go. Now, you can harden your heart and say, no, nah, I don't know about this and I don't know about that, but here's one thing you do know and you better get really straight, and that is when the end of your life comes, and it will, you better know one thing, and that is that God, through the person of Jesus, has purchased you and paid for your sin, not in part, but in whole. He has canceled your sin. He has separated it from you as far as the east is from the west. And he is now drawing you into living, intimate relationship. This, going back to verse 52, therefore every scribe who is instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven 
is like a man who evaluates his stuff and brings it into the light, and there it will be found. Some of it will be new and good, and some of it will be old and worthless. Holy Spirit, by the way, if you're not getting it, is speaking to some of your hearts today. It's not the words of Steve. It's the words of the Spirit of God who would take the revelation of Jesus and say, these are hypothetical names. Bill, follow me. Jim, follow me. Uh, Mary, Susie, you know, come follow me. It's time to give up your kicking against the goads and follow me as Lord. Okay. So what did Jesus value? He valued treasure, and the treasure is people. He, tra- he valued pearls, and that pearl of great price is people. And then if you're not getting it, the third thing in verse 47, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a drag debt. That's a shrimp trawl, by the way. Anybody know about shrimp trawls down here on the coast? They have these, these drag nets that they put out in back of the big boats, and they let them down, and they have these doors, kind of big planers, and between these big planers, uh, you know, they're separated from some distance, I assume, on a shrimp trawl, and they're hooked together by a chain. And the purpose of that chain is to churn everything up off of the bottom because what's in back of those doors that both spread the net and, and kick the stuff off the bottom is this big net that looks like a huge funnel. And it's following after the boat, and what's happening is that net is getting filled with every manner of living creature, small and large, on the bottom of the ocean. Now, the kingdom of heaven, therefore, is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea, and he gathered, and it gathered some of every kind. I've been on a shrimp boat, and when you pull in that net, it is filled with all kinds of stuff. Anybody else been on one when that has happened? What's the first thing you have to do? You have to call what is in the net because some of it's going to be good stuff you want to keep and some of it's bad stuff you don't want. That's why all these seagulls are clouded around in back of it because they're throwing all the trash, the stuff they don't want, the little fish, the, the, the stuff that isn't keepable. If you're a shrimp fisherman, everything that is in the net that isn't a shrimp gets cast out the back of the boat. To the seagulls or floats down into the bottom of the sea. Okay, the point is the kingdom of heaven is like a shrimp trawl that is a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew it to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels and threw the bad away. This is not rocket science. He's just talking about a shrimp trawl. In this case, they took their boats out and did the very same thing and pulled it in, and all the stuff in the sea got caught in the dragnet. And then the first task was to separate the new from the old, the good from the bad. And see, that's what God's doing. He's teaching us that one of these days that's going to happen in the kingdom. And that's why I took a moment just to say that if you've never made that, that, that... surrendering of the totality of your life in as much as you're able to do so to Jesus and, and said, Jesus, I want to be your follower. I want to from, I, oh, I was on my back porch 
this morning drinking my coffee, just praying, and all of a sudden I heard myself saying, this is the first day of the rest of my life. I'm not promised tomorrow, and neither are you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, if you hear his voice, today don't harden your heart. Do I have to stand on my head for some of you? I don't think that would help. But yet you can, by the Spirit, say, God, today is all I have, and I'm going to follow you today. I can't tell you about tomorrow, but I'm going to follow you today. If it costs me everything, because it costs you everything, I must be a pretty high value and pretty high worth to you. So Jesus was talking about what was priority in the kingdom, and that is people. They are black and they are white. They are big and they are small. They are Asian and they are American, and they're every variety in between. And God loves them all. And toward that, some of us must repent because we like us more than them, whoever them is. So, every scribe then instructed concerning the kingdom is like a householder who brings his treasure out. So, Jesus was talking about, this is what I value. And uh, then he starts talking about this, this well, yard sale phenomenon. Uh, treasures. What are those things that are treasured according to Matthew 13, 52? Uh, treasures are those things that are highly valued uh, and... Um, become accumulated by us. But, but, but that's sort of generic until we get to the next word, a, a, a scribe who has been instructed concerning the kingdom of God brings out of his, is like the householder who brings out of his treasure new things. Now, new is the word kainos. And that means that's something I didn't have before. Kainos means it's of total different variety. It's the same word in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, they are absolutely new. It's not polish the shoes and look better on the outside. It's you got to get a whole new pair. The gospel, your feet must be shod with the gospel of peace. You need a new heart. You need a new change. You need something of a whole new variety because you can't make the grade. You'll be separated and called out and thrown to the birds. If you read the end of that chapter, it's a little, or a little bit worse than that. Verse 49 and 50, I think. So is it like a treasure or a a treasure, a, a householder who brings out of his treasure new things, things that are valued, things they've never had before, and old things. Now, Jesus is contrasting new and old. It's not that old is intrinsically bad or worse. It's, it's the word old here uh, is the word um, uh, paleos, and what that means is something that's worn out by virtue of use, uh, something that is old, something that's no longer relevant. So every, let me change the words here, every um, scribe who is instructed concerning the kingdom of God is every man or every woman who has been taught from the Scriptures and whose heart has been opened is like 
a householder that now gets to bring all of his stuff, his treasures, new, valuable, never known before, and that which is old, irrelevant, worn out, and simply um, taking up space into the light. So uh, let me digress again for just a moment. My wife and I are undergoing the process of um, downsizing just a little bit. We've not yet pulled the trigger on it, but we're beginning to think about it. That means worry and be anxious. <laughs> oh, God. Well, when we, began, when we started our marriage, um, we decided we liked certain things, like everybody does. So we started purchasing old furniture. Not just old, but purchasing what we liked. And we liked solid cherry. So we started going around in 1974, before we were married, 1975, and we started purchasing old furniture. Uh, things like um, chest of drawers that were solid cherry, uh, things like um, corner cupboards, things like sideboards and armoires, solid cherry. Because it had value to us. One man's treasure is another man's trash. Now you say, well, so we have these... Um, Well, let me just put it this way, lest I get myself in trouble. <laughs> People don't value what we value. Have you ever noticed that about you? So we're getting ready to downsize, and we have all of this antique solid cherry, sideboards, corner covers, all this kind of stuff. And uh, what we've noticed is that the younger generation isn't all that impressed with solid cherry antiques. <laughs> what they like is something from a place called Ikea. Now, some of you don't even know that word, Ikea. I didn't, but it's where they sell, uh, come on, McKay, what, 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 new, trendy, hip, hipster kind of stuff, all kinds of stuff, including furniture. So they want stuff from places like Ikea, not stuff from mom and dad's house like solid cherry from the early 1800s that's worth thousands of dollars. It's, they want something that's cool and trendy. Anybody know that? Now, there's a point for me to sharing all of this right now because that is not just some man's uh, uh, trash is another man's treasure. When we go to uh, estate sales or when we go to flea markets or when we go to, you know, um, whatever those things are, yard sales, we go, ah, oh, look, look at this, I value that, and I got it for a quarter. <laughs> and I take it back home and I put it on my knick-knack shelf. Well, everybody else walks by it and goes, that's such junk. Okay, now the reason why I'm sharing all of this is that each one of us are like the scribe who has been instructed concerning the issues of another realm, the kingdom of heaven. And the question is, what are we doing with what has been entrusted uh, to us? 
Um, I had the opportunity to visit a friend of mine, long-term friend, discipled him for some years, and he's now pastoring in a church down in Southport. And I went down to visit him on Monday afternoon. We spent some time together, and we were walking through the church. And uh, I came up onto the, the worship platform, much like this, and they had this brand new Lexan, which is a clear plastic about that thick, a pulpit, very slender and transparent. You could see through it. I said, wow, this is really cool. And he said, oh, let me tell you the, the pulpit wars that went on over that. <laughs> and, and, and a few minutes later, we walked off the worship platform and went around the back in the hallway, and he said, here's the, the old pulpit, which is this, this huge, dark, uh, antique old, um, uh, it's, it's, it's coming, oak um, lectern. He said, that's holy for a lot of people. And he said, the wars that went on to get rid of that, he said, people had to sit in the third row back even to see me standing behind it. See, that's why they wanted to upfit the thing. So they ended up going through these wars, and lo and behold, they ended up moving the old pulpit and purchasing this new transparent see-through uh, lectern, and now everybody's sort of happy, and they've adjusted to the fact that the big old uh, antique piece is gone, and uh, even though that was treasured and valued because of its sentimental value by many people, they ended up making a change. Now, what I'm not saying here is get, a, get rid of everything that is old. What I'm saying is discern what is of highest value from the perspective of the kingdom of God. Do, do you think Jesus, I don't see anything when I read the text about pearl of great price, you know, the treasure in the field or the dragnet or any of these places in the gospels where, where it's, oh, here's one where you keep the old pulpit. Now, I remember doing prayer one night, we were out here, and somebody looked up and they said, see that thing on the ceiling? So, what is that contraption? Piece of junk. Well, it serves a function, and that is it gives some light up here because we wanted to go on the internet and some of those kinds of things. But the point is, there are people that got upset when you put something new in the perception of tampering with something that was old, a holy space that had sentimental value. Now, you probably see where I'm going with, with all of this, the light bar. Um, I remember when I first came here, Jim Glasgow and some others had already determined they were going to change the worship platform. And some of you may know, or for those of you who are visiting who don't know, we used to have a wall right here, and there was a, a choir uh, section over here. And there was another wall over there, and that's where the organ and the piano were. And in between was the place where they had one pulpit was here, which was bigger than that table. I mean, you remember. This other pulpit, these big pulpits, and made some little winky pulpits. But that was sacred ground for some people. And the point is that it's difficult. Now listen, my point that I'm saying is this. Everyone who is trained in the Word who is instructed concerning the values of another realm. 
And it isn't this realm. It isn't the stuff that we hold on to in our sentimental yearnings. Even how be, it doesn't matter how much I value the cherry furniture. If my kids don't want it or don't like it, who gives a rip about my stuff? They don't. I'll just sell it, spend the money. Don't look at me. Anna has one of our cherry cupboards already, one of our corner cupboards. Well, here, the point is that every scribe trained in the kingdom, trained in the realm from another realm, must be careful to evaluate what is, what are those things concerning the kingdom of God, and what are those things that are of lesser importance. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Men and women in every age get hung up with their stuff. What's that contraption? Why are you changing this? You do it in your families. This is important to me. Why don't you care for it? Doggone, you've got to care about what I care about. Every person trained by the Spirit of God and under, to understand the kingdom that there is another realm is enabled by the Spirit of Jesus to release their grip on their junk for the sake of the king. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? The kingdom of God, it, it, it isn't about stuff. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's about people. I was worshiping just a few moments ago with you, and all of a sudden I began to see, I don't know if this was vision or I don't know if it was the papaya that I had for breakfast. I really did. But I began to see these walls move back and this place being filled with people from every variety, from every nation, from every community, I saw old surfer dudes in flip-flops, and I saw elegantly dressed women and men. I saw old, and I saw new. And what was drawing them? A people who got in their spirit the understanding because they have been trained around the kingdom of God what was most important. What's most important isn't about who's right. I'm referencing Charlottesville. People on the right uniting. People on the left need to unite. No, people need to unite based upon the kingdom of God, not based upon their color or their creed. You see, some of us need to repent. That's what Jesus was talking about here. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. A new realm has broken in, and it's going to mess with your stuff. Every person who is trained, every scribe who is trained in the kingdom of God brings out like a, is like a householder who brings out of his tent, out of his house, those things that are absolutely new and those things that are old and worthless. Let me give you some new things that Jesus wants to extract from our lives. The first thing is he wants to extract um, Jeremiah 31, 3 through 5. I make a new covenant with you. 
God has made a new covenant with us. God wants us to be people of the new, kainos, totally foreign to this realm, but absolutely crucial in the kingdom of God. God has given us a new covenant. Secondly, Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. One of these days, you know what? Job said, naked I came into this world, and naked I'm going to leave it. Oh, they might dress the body, but I'm gone. See, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Your stuff is going to remain here one of these days. Now, I'm just saying that to give you a context to say Jesus is asking us to evaluate because we're trained in the kingdom uh, what's new and what's old so that we can get on with what he wants to do here in this city right now. He doesn't want to just go to the other most parts of the world and give money away and reach people over there. That is a very high priority, and we will continue to do that. But what about your neighbors? How long has it been since you've shared the kingdom love of Jesus with somebody around you? How long has it been since you've opened up your door and had somebody in for a meal just to love on them because they may be unlovable or unlovely or different from you because you're being... Uh, schooled and trained and led now by another uh, spirit working in your heart. A new heart I give to you. Jeremiah, or John chapter 3, a new birth. You see, scribes who are trained in the kingdom, they get into the kingdom by a supernatural birth. You don't get to join the kingdom like you join the choir. You don't get to join the kingdom like you join the Kiwanis Club. You are birthed into it where you have no, nothing else you can do but to fall on your knees and go, oh God, for the first time I see. I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, and now I see. You see, kingdom men and women are birthed into the kingdom. It's a new heart. It's a new covenant. It's a new day. It's a whole new way of, of living. Second or 2 Corinthians 5, I alluded to it later, a new creation. Old things have passed away. You know, the heartache of seeing someone like my sister-in-law's father is that on the day that they buried him, they all began the labor of going, oh, quote, unquote, Crap we got to deal with dad's trash. What will they do when you're gone? I'm not saying don't have stuff that has sentimental value. I'm saying God has entrusted you firstly with a heart that is new, with a birth that has come from above, with a new covenant. God has entrusted you all with something that causes you now to begin to evaluate Ephesians 4, 24 says what matters is the new person, the new man, the word has it. New kainos, new from above. A new person where created in true righteousness and true holiness. What causes true righteousness? It's when the righteous man, Christ Jesus, comes to live in this old life. And all of a sudden, what I couldn't do in my own power and my own steam and in my highest religious passion in the flesh, he ends up doing through me, living his life in me 
and even using me all the days of my life. Some old things can't be cast away either. Let me not make any bones about this. Jeremiah 31 said, um, not like the old covenant that I made. You see, God's given us a new covenant, and the old, the old covenant uh, is, is, has been, is passing away. It's old. In fact, Hebrews 8.13 talks about the old is obsolete. You can't live old if you're really new. Proverbs 23.10 says, don't forsake the ancient paths. You see, there are ways in which we walk. There's an ancient method which, or an ancient message which never changes. And you get that by virtue of a new heart, a new covenant, a new agreement that God makes with you. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the word of the Lord stands forever. We're not saying cast away all old things by virtue of being old. We're saying cast away everything that no longer fits with being instructed uh, as a a person in the kingdom. It's the kingdom that God is interested in. Isaiah 62, humility and trembling at his word. Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God's raising up men and women of the kingdom who understand these basic characteristics. 1 Samuel 15, 22, to obey is better than sacrifice. When Jesus says something to a man or a woman of the kingdom, there's only one response, and that is, here I am, send me. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and things old. A couple of months ago, I want to sort of end with this, the Lord began to speak to me that I'm raising up another person for this church. And um, I'm not ready to retire, by the way. But God said, I'm asking you to step aside I said, okay, I can do that. Some of you thought I was retiring because I wanted to retire and, you know, sail around the world and get a Winnebago and drive out to the West. I've been to the West. And I'm saying, Cynthia and I won't do some of that, but God's not asked me to retire. He's asked me to step aside. He said, what I'm looking for is men and women who understand the ancient method, the ancient message, and can use modern methods to accomplish the ancient message. Ancient message, modern methods. In other words, this is not 1850 anymore. This is not 1980 anymore. This is about men and women whose hearts have been so grasped by the king that they're willing to bring out all of their stuff and lay it on the table and let God say, this is good, that's kingdom stuff, and this is ineffective. Let's lay that one down for the sake of the kingdom. So I announced my retirement in order to step aside to seek a younger man who could embrace the ancient message, but who could bring the passion, the power, the personal vitality to begin to walk in modern methods. And by the way, I have no clue who that is. Pastor Ron sitting here is head of the search committee. 
But what we have been praying, what I have been praying, is that my obedience to step aside would be validated by God's man who could bring an ancient message and a modern method and break these walls out like we've never seen before. That's what, if you're a kingdom man or a woman, if you are a scribe that's been trained in the things concerning the kingdom, that's what makes your heart pant. That's why many of you who were at our discipleship hour was, were moved by Clive and Ruth's words about the Iranian church because those who walk by the, the beat of another drum, the drum beat of the kingdom of heaven, that's who we are. That's what we're about, not accumulating stuff or not griping when old things have to change. I bet you there's some people in here, if we ever changed this old carpet, would probably get up and shout and dance. Ernie Langston is here. He promised me on the day that we remove this old carpet and put new stuff in, he's going to dance down the aisle. And I'm going to hold you to it, brother, if I see it in my lifetime. <laughs> okay, let me end here. Every scribe, you see, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom will bring out of his treasure new and old. Let us tenaciously and ruthlessly evaluate everything in our lives concerning is it of kingdom value, or is it only personally sentimental uh, in its value? Everywhere we confuse these two issues will only cause us mischief in the kingdom of God. It is time to evaluate your life. How much mischief are we creating by virtue of asserting, I like cherry furniture or anything else. It's about giving it all for the king who gave it all for you. Let's pray. Worship team, come on back up here. Father, thank you for giving us an opportunity to share your word. Lord, I trust you in what you have communicated by your spirit to each of us who are here. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I am recognizing that only you build your church. Only you can restore and revitalize your church in every age. Holy Spirit, I'm asking today that you would begin that process with me that you would begin that in each one of us. That you would be quick to point out to us what is of, well, perhaps personal and sentimental value over against what is highly valued in the kingdom of God. Lord, I know that you're able to speak and that you're speaking even now to many who are here. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as they did in the rebellion. Simply offer up to Jesus. He knows all about who we are and what we value. One of these days, there's going to be a great yard sale, a great flea market. <laughs> 
the great undoing of many people whose all of their stuff has been evaluated as wood, hay, and stubble versus gold, silver, and precious stones. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on the earth, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. God, that's what we want to do. We want to be about the kingdom, the realm that you've planted in our hearts. If you can, with genuineness, as well as humility, say, God, would you begin the process of enabling me to see the difference between what is kingdom and what is transient? I'm going to ask you to stand. The serious request. If you can ask God, God, begin to show me in my life as I reach the age of whatever you are, help me to evaluate by your spirit that which is of kingdom value and that which is not. Just stand to your feet and then we'll be dismissed.